friends. Welcome to Silo Busting. I'm your host, Allison Coden, an interaction designer at EPAM Continuum. Philosophers have been talking, literally for centuries, about the difference between rote rule-following and ethics, the difference between explicit or unspoken social and legal structures that constrain our behavior, and the beliefs and values that guide our choices in unpredictable circumstance. The world of digital transformation and big data has rules that companies have been following for a while, but now it's time for businesses to articulate what might be called an ethics of digital risk management. As Boris Huzin, our global head of DRM services, and Blake Brannon, CTO of OneTrust, explain it, this developing code of ethics should be seen as a spur to imagination and creativity, a practical framework that ensures companies keep both business interests and their users' privacy at the forefront. Data, the analytic capabilities it supports, and the risks to people and businesses posed by hackers are moving faster today than traditional company guidelines and periodic oversight can account for. So what if companies build a morality of data management, a code of conduct around privacy, a deeply ingrained value for transparency right into the foundation of their processes? Let's hear Boris and Blake talk through how digital risk management will help data-dependent businesses, which is to say all of them, stay flexible, creative, and ethical. Blake, I'm sure you're aware of this, but for people who are listening, I'm going to quickly summarize the view of DRM. And the question I have after the summary for you is, what is OneTrust's view on the way we envision DRM as being the next evolution of GRC, IRM, and ERM? So uh, just to quickly summarize, uh, DRM being uh, digital risk management, um, we, we see as the next evolution of GRC, IRM, and ERM in that uh, at this point you cannot have a GRC, IRM, or ERM type of uh, policies, procedures, engagement, work-throughs without having that digital uh, transformation aspect related to that. And by that, we mean you, you need to automate your processes with a platform across the full enterprise. You, you really need to uh, include that, uh, the, that digital aspect and that platform uh, because of regulatory requirements, which are just continuously growing and are exploding. Uh, you know, anywhere from just what we saw with privacy in the last few years with GDPR, CCPA, and all the other state regulatory and regional, uh, you know, viewpoint on privacy. Uh, you have a significant requirement that upper management needs to uh, have uh, transparency and view into all the risks and what's happening. And it's becoming... Pretty much in uh, Europe and in North America, where saying I wasn't aware, I did not know that this risk was increasing or this risk was developing, is just not a viable excuse for C level individuals. And you need the governance perspective, uh, which is very transparent all the way up to the C level management. Uh, we already discussed the regulatory compliance requirements uh, that are growing, and uh, but also compliance from a perspective of proper ethics and uh, operations that internal rules and regulations set up, not just regulatory. And then managing all of your uh, risks, uh, you know, to from cyber risk uh, to uh, financial and operational risk within that platform so that uh, everything, um, you know, is assessed in a 
business relevant manner. And the, and the, the last phase of DRM evolution is understanding that that's all the requirement, having a significant shift left in your uh, software development lifecycle to include these requirements as you're upgrading, updating, or developing any IT environment to link uh, those, you know, whatever platforms or whatever you're developing as an IT to your uh, uh, GRC platform, um, uh, to your governance, uh, you know, and your risk assessment so that everything works in unison and efficiently to give all of, uh, all of these capabilities uh, throughout the whole business. Awesome. Well, well thanks, Boris, for, for having me on uh, today's episode. Um, I guess to start out with a pretty, pretty long and loaded question there, you know, why this has become so important to all organizations and the transformation that we're seeing, I think you have to start out with understanding, you know, data is so strategic to everyone now. And when you look at digital transformation and really every facet of every department inside a company, everyone is looking at how can I use data to really bring our organization to the next level that we need to be, to better understand our customers, to make data-driven decisions, uh, really everything. So it's it's up the utmost importance. Now, what is also happening, as you kind of alluded, is databases, data lakes, data usage, data awareness, data consumption is kind of being uh, counteracted at with all of the things that we have seen start to happen with kind of the harm or the misuse of data. And that is driven out of everything from privacy regulations to uh, awareness of uh, breaches and risk and things like that. And because so because data is so strategically important, it's driven this evolution, as you said, from kind of GRC, RM, IRM to this digital risk management landscape where I have to reimagine the focus of my risk management to live in the fabric of this fast moving, ever changing and really organization wide data consumption initiative. And I think that fundamentally changes, you know, two things. One, you cannot just run your kind of governance, compliance and risk program with a separate team inside of the organization. You know, you move from this kind of a compliance-driven exercise that traditionally did GRC to this kind of operational organization-wide initiative um, that you have to embed that risk management program into. Um, the second kind of key point that you said is you, you have to give the right uh, out of those initiatives, you have to have like real value driven. So when you talked about, you know, upper management, the board, the visibility, the actual outcomes, um, it's, it's no longer acceptable to kind of say you do something uh, and sort of wipe your hands clean and say, look, our legal T's and C's uh, sort of keep us from having to worry about that from a liability or whatever standpoint. You actually need to do the work and you actually need to reduce the risk and you have to, um, you know, take ownership of that. Uh, another another way to think of it is when you look at laws like GDPR, you know, it very clearly said, like, you can't shift your liability to your suppliers or your vendors. Um, if you 
if your supplier has an issue with data that you've given them, or you're as uh, using the literal words, things like subprocessors, um, you are still accountable for the harm of that user's data that was given to you. So that has caused this um, emergence and reawakening in, in this whole market of uh, one, data is so strategically important, it requires a reimagining kind of next generation of the way you do risk management. And uh, you have to have kind of key outcomes to drive that because the market expects it, not just the laws and regulations, but consumer expectations are really driving the desire to see that kind of uh, you know, evolution of risk management and data governance uh, happen for all, all organizations. Right. Uh, definitely exactly on, on point uh, with, uh, with that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Blake, um, you know, um, just like you said, uh, you the data becoming very important and um, regulatory requirements, you know, addressing the, pr uh, the privacy aspect significantly. Uh, you know, we, uh, we need to monitor all of these, uh, that we're, we're taking the proper steps, we're engaging with the proper requirements from all the regulatory as, uh, aspects, and which in turn requires you to have the internal audits and may, uh, whenever you have external that they're very compliant and all of that. And would you agree that having the right uh, instrument, the right digital platform uh, is really becoming more and more important because uh, if you try to handle this sort of, you know, putting manpower towards this, the cost it becomes very prohibitive and your, your cost to be compliant just to the regulatory requirements is going to start exceeding and uh, increasing, not, uh, not in any ways diminishing because of these new uh, expectation and regulation changes. So the digital transformation becomes even more important. It, it, it absolutely does. And it's, it's not so much just being more costly. <laughs> you kind of hit almost the laws of physics of it's, it's almost impossible to do. Uh, when you look at the size and scale of data and and use of data. And I kind of use the analogy of like, it, you know, the way you traditionally ran GRC is you kind of surveyed the business or, or asked people and sort of said, hey, what do you do? Right. What what systems are you using? What vendors do you have and what data is in it? And is it sensitive? And should we worry about it so we can put it in the risk register? Um, you, that whole process breaks down. And when you uh, if you think about like endpoint security or something, you know, you wouldn't survey your, your uh, employees and ask them what, what applications they've installed on their endpoints to figure out if you have risk or security issues. You use uh, tooling to your, to your words, like you use telemetry and tooling to figure that out dynamically, you know, do it all in automated ways. And you kind of, we're kind of hitting a, a point in the market where the GRC and, and what's moving into the digital risk management space, it needs better automated tooling to auto discover, you know, what is actually in these systems and data lakes. Um, it needs to be updated in real time. It needs to do anomaly detection to surface the difference in um, not just, you know, what people would call like sensitive security data, because risk is not just about security. It's about, as you said, privacy. Well, privacy is around, um, you know, appropriate use of data. It's not just about 
this PC, you know, PII or uh, payment information is not encrypted in a database. Um, it's about, you know, how is someone using this data? Uh, and is it appropriate to use that data? So, so the, the landscape of it has changed a lot. And you're, you're absolutely right. You need the right system that not only helps you have automated technology to do things like discovery, um, access governance, you know, masking of use of data, things like that. But you also need a system when you think about the broader ERM, GRC kind of digital rights management, you've got to start thinking about how do I unify the the place we're storing all that information and figuring out what controls we need to do, what tasks we have to do as a business, how do we really mitigate risk, how do we really embed it into our organization? You have to look at a, a stack and a tooling that allows you to really embed it into, again, the the entire organization. You need participation from the entire organization. You can't just have your compliance team sort of documenting in a very sophisticated risk register uh, that you provided. So both of those are kind of the two key points that, that we see as big shifts happening in the market. Right. Uh, now, uh, let's uh, let's uh, shift uh, for a second away from the platform aspect, but go into the other aspect of uh, DRM in that uh, what we call as uh, compliance as a code or, you know, some people may call it as uh, compliance and design where you um, you have to at this point include in all of your development of your IT, uh, you know, uh, deliverables, um, integration into your GRC platform, as well as understanding how the platform needs to be compliant with regulatory and your own internal policies so that you can pro uh, develop within your new IT development or upgrading your legacy systems, everything, a system to interact, uh, like I said, interact with your existing GRC platform, but also manage the risk that this platform could, uh, you know, develop or uh, address or have uh, and introduce proper governance aspects so that the, this interaction with the platform becomes easier and that the, the platform that you're de developing or updating really becomes uh, in its own way, assisting you with all of your uh, uh, I, uh, IRM, ERM type of um, assessments and understanding so that it, just like you, you mentioned, that the transparencies and the understanding of what's happening with the risk is very clear and in line so that uh, upper management can manage it properly and correctly so they don't get in trouble. Yeah, it, absolutely. There's there's probably a couple things we like to think about. Um, one is the notion of, you know, it's more than security controls to your point of understanding. Like, how do I understand what all this really means and what we need to be doing? And we like to think about this uh, this knowledge graph of intelligence to really help you power those decisions. So you're not just trying to go through, okay, IT system, ABC, here's control framework, one, two, three, you know, how do we just put controls on, do contesting and those things? How do I first understand um, the entire uh, macroeconomics, if you will, of the 
the landscape of what are privacy laws and regulations, what are security frameworks, what are ethics frameworks and other kind of compliance frameworks that I need to comply to? And how do I unify that? And it's not just they, they say, you know, control one and control two and those map together. It's, it's a combination of, you know, yes, you need to do these things and demonstrate this for accountability, but you also need to understand what are guidance notes that come out? You know, what's kind of practical case uh, cases of enforcements and penalties and fines? And how do I map that into understand what does it mean for me as an organization? Is it relevant? Are we doing something right or wrong? Do we need to reinterpret, you know, the control? Many of these laws, keep in mind, are, are written in language that is abstracted from technology. So when you look at a standard like, um, you know, PCI or Sarbanes-Oxley, it's very specific in what you have to do. When you look at a regulation like LGPD, Uh, GDPR, CCPA, and some of these emerging sort of data protection laws, they're more philosophical concepts and, you know, protecting human rights as, as opposed to writing out standards for technology implementations. So there's a lot more ambiguity in it. And that starts to come out in things like case law, enforcements, penalties, Uh, clarifications from regulators. So you need that guidance to be embedded into your governance system uh, as you kind of do the day to day to understand, you know, what does that actually mean in terms of real risk to my business and real things that we need to be doing so I can unify all those work streams together. Right. Uh, Definitely. Um, So going uh, back to uh, what you just said about uh, case law and all of that, that is uh, definitely, um, you know, puts another layer of um, uh, issues that companies face that if they don't properly address it with automated systems, they they can be, uh, you know, they can be significantly behind because even though the rule came out, how the judges interpreted during an incident instantly changes how uh, a company needs to address uh, those uh, requirements that they thought was A, but because judges started ruling it in a slightly different manner, is really becoming B. And if you don't have an automated system that uh, adjusts or quickly adjusts to to those changes, you're going to be falling behind and can be opening yourself up to fines and penalties. It, it, absolutely. It is, um, unfortunately, a landscape that changes every day um, a little bit with different guidance and rulings. And you do have to uh, build a process and a program that is much more agile than, you know, what we've seen in the past. And in, in the past, you had, you know, bare, barely, um any changes to some of the regulatory laws, especially around data protection, when you think about digital risk management, going back to data, maybe once a decade, <laughs> you know, you had a change in a law. It, it, today, it's almost like every month or every day you sort of wake up. And again, it's not just the law in some state changes or some country. You have these consumer expectations and you have tech giants that are sort of you know, battling with each other. And that's putting this expectation on all companies, whether there's a law or not, to make sure that they are either doing certain things and they're not doing certain things. 
So it, it absolutely has uh, become, a, become a much more dynamic environment. And that's where I think about, if you just think about the traditional way you build a GRC function and program into the company, you almost have to reimagine that. Just like software development went from this you know, once a year waterfall, once every couple of years waterfall mindset of building a product, testing it, getting it stable, and then releasing it and, and selling it. You, you move to this model of agility. You move to this model of quicker, smaller, shorter releases, incremental changes, monitoring and adjusting as you go. And uh, you kind of have to move a little bit into the same type of mindset with your, your GRC program. Right. And uh, actually, th that's a great point, uh, Blake, in that um, uh, I, it seems that DRM as being the next evolution, you know, in our minds of GRC, it does, uh, because it understands those and it is a digital automation system, it does transform all of those activities into uh, sort of the next level or the next uh, maturity level of an agile system that you can quickly adjust across the whole enterprise as needed. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I think the demand, go back to your point on like the CEO, you know, uh, caring uh, all of a sudden and wanting to see real results from that. I think it's going to drive a lot of that disruption to kind of move people from that traditional GRC mindset into this more modern DRM uh, type of mindset for how that program's running. And maybe even a little bit of who owns it in a company. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to just live in in the quote unquote compliance el element of a company. Um, you know, this could be something that uh, is a cross uh, cross party, you know, supported uh, discipline and a cross functional discipline inside an organization. But obviously, every every company is going right. to treat that a little bit different. And uh, exactly, that's uh, that's uh, a great point. In that, um, as you put in the enterprise-wide platforms and uh, you know design them, you you can actually sort of develop a, um, a reverse sort of pyramid where at every level, uh, different people are responsible for their sort of uh, siloed sectional compliance, risk, and governance. And the reason I'm saying reverse um, pyramid is because the top level needs to see everything to be able to mm -hmm. function and manage, uh, you know, the full enterprise. But each sort of, uh, you know, unit head would only need to be responsible for their unit and people underneath them, the compliance people for that unit only need to be responsible for the compliance. And so you do start splitting out, uh, just like we said, that, that work to in, uh, to individuals so that you are sort of more assured that things are addressed timely and properly and, you know, reduce the chances of, you know, having it influence or reducing your business <clears throat> continuity or uh, becoming such a significant risk or <clears throat> developing into that um, activity that you would get fined for. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say another shift we've started to see on beyond the fining and the discipline of kind of embedding that out there, there's this trend and momentum to kind of align these initiatives. Like, yes, you can do compliance for the sake of we might get fined. And that's kind of the mindset we treat it 
as in in the company. And I think if you only do it because of that, like we only want to do privacy because of CCPA and there's there's a law and we're going to get a penalty or something if we don't do the bare minimum. You you can pivot that into, you know, we we want to do not just this for the sake of compliance. By doing this really well, we get really good insights into like what data we have and what's the quality of it and uh, how is it used? Who else is using it? Um, And when you can really embed the governing pieces into the fabric of your day-to-day work, you can actually get more efficient at it. You can get better at it. You can leverage synergies about what you do from a, uh, you know, ethics standpoint or a privacy standpoint or a, a risk and compliance standpoint, you can share that information together. So you're deduplicating work, you're, you're sharing insights and information because you're st- storing it in one platform. And that is important to the business because it, it starts to move this from this a checkbox compliance exercise that I don't want to do, but I have to into something I'm actually excited about doing. It, it helps me do things more quickly as, as a team or a product group or an organization, it helps me do more digital transformation and it helps me build ultimately what we call kind of trust with the market. You know, if I'm, if I'm good at governing what I'm doing and I'm good at all the compliance things and I do that so operationally well that it's, it's done fast and it's done confidently, I can actually use it as a competitive advantage for why organizations should trust me with buying whatever good or product or service that I actually sell. Right. So um, as we're coming uh, down to, our, you know, our, our time uh, schedule, um, I, you know, give us your final thoughts uh, about, uh, you know, it, it seems that you're definitely aligned in that uh, DRM is the next uh, evolution of GRC, IRM and ERM. Uh, but give us your uh, sort of your thoughts where you see this all uh, you know, moving over the next uh, 12 uh, to 18 months. Yeah, I think you are going to see pretty, pretty big disruption in the, as I said, sort of traditional mindset of what does GRC mean to a company? Is it strategic or not? Um, and who is running it? I think that is fundamentally changing. And the, the biggest thing that is sort of causing that is we have gone from this world where industries and sectors are regulated to now data is regulated. And that basically means every company <laughs> has to care about kind of, you know, compliance. And and the way you think about compliance in a digital world is more geared towards this digital risk management mindset. And it takes a unification of, you know, new newer tooling with more real-time automated discovery because you can't do it once a year, you got to do it continuously and embedded into your processes. And it takes a more modern system to do all of these, you know, DRM, GRC activities that allows you to do it across the entire business in a very collaborative way that makes it something that they're actually wanting to do because it helps create that competitive advantage for them. in the marketplace. So I think you're going to see a lot of activity in companies revamping, even if they have existing GRC programs, they are going to be revamping the way they think about that inside their organization in the next few years. Uh, I I definitely agree. And uh, I 
in, in my viewpoint, uh, the biggest of aspect, and you mentioned this, over the next 12 to 18 months, is moving to a digital environment that allows you for real, uh, in real time monitoring and assessing and uh, managing all of these risks, uh, especially with privacy, uh, you know, uh, and um, other uh, areas uh, related to data. Um, and if you're not doing it in real time, you're falling behind. So, Absolutely. Uh, so, the, uh, you know, as we round up, uh, Blake, thank you very much for joining us uh, on our uh, podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate you taking uh, this time uh, and looking forward to maybe having another one sometime in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it was my pleasure. And thanks so much for having me, Boris. Thank you. This has been Silo Busting, a podcast from EPAM Continuum. EPAM Continuum integrates business, experience, and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. Why do we do this? Because real opportunities aren't siloed. Thanks to Boris Hazin and Blake Brannon for their great conversation. Cheers to Kip Palalas, our sound engineer extraordinaire, for getting the podcast recorded. Applause to Ken Gordon, our producer, for all his masterminding behind the scenes. I'm your host, Allison Coton, and I'm off to read Uncertainty. Uncertainty.